everyone. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Boom Goes the Dynamite. It's February 2nd. We're in the library and of course I'm here with Joey. Joey, how we doing? Pretty good. How are you doing today, Vinny? I'm doing pretty good. So to start out, we got some NBA to talk about. We got college hoops and we got a lot of NFL to get through. And then I'll call it a special feature at the end here. So to get started, we're going to start out with the NBA. You know, not much has really been happening. Just games have been going on, some big wins from some big teams. You know what I mean? But the biggest news in the NBA right now is Bradley Beal's situation. Now, I know there was reports today, Joe, that he wants to stay. But how long do you think that loyalty could possibly last on? Well, I mean, it's already lasted him a long time. Um, I just don't think that Washington's a place where – He's going to win. He's been there for so long, and they haven't really done anything. Uh, they had a nice duo with him and Wall for a while, um, but obviously with Wall's injuries and everything, that just kind of got messed up. So I kind of want to see him on the move. I want to see him request a trade. I think he'd be a lot happier. I think the Wizards could move on, maybe go a completely different direction. might be good for them. Um, yeah, I think – it wouldn't be a bad idea for them to shop and see what they can get because right now what they have just isn't working. I agree, and it's been so long, the Wall and Beal combo, that great backcourt duo that we've always seen, and what really made a difference between those two was the chemistry that they built. They had that roster built for years and years, and then all of a sudden, just because he was injured, they decided to trade Wall for a very ball-heavy ball-dominant player in Russell Westbrook, unlike Wall, who can move the ball, in my opinion, better and is a better team player. You know, Westbrook yeah. needs the ball in his hands, and so does Beal. So they ruined that chemistry, and then obviously the injuries this season, like their starting center, Thomas Bryant. I just think they're on a downward spiral, and Beal should not be on that train wreck. Yeah, I think, I think he's just too good to be there. Um, he's a he's a championship caliber player. Maybe not the best player on a championship team, but he could be the second best player on a championship team. He can be the first scoring option. I mean, easily, and he can also be the guy that teams look to it. Like, let's just say he was on Milwaukee. You know, Giannis obviously would be the best player, but at the end of the game, they're giving it to Bradley Beal to take that last shot. Yeah, so he's also a closer. Um, yeah, so Bradley Beal, I we both think he needs to request a trade. And get the hell out of Washington because there doesn't seem to be much upside going I, for I just him. don't get how you have multiple games in a season where you're scoring over 40 points and your team's losing. That's happened a lot this season. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how there's reports that he wants to stay. I, I don't understand. It, it, it I'm shocked you, too. It just tells you the type of player Bradley Beal is. He's just a loyal Loyal guy. And a lot of teams would love to have that loyalty. You know what I'm also interested to hear? I also want to hear what Russell Westbrook has to say about the situation because they've only been really talking to Bradley Beal. Like, Russell Westbrook is a good player on that team, but I haven't heard much about his thoughts on yeah. what's going on in Washington either. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, speaking of Bradley Beal, do you have any teams in mind of who you think should go for him? I mean, you were you were talking about the Bucks a little bit just a second ago. I, I think that'd be a really interesting duo. Um, you'd probably have to ship Drew Holiday, who they just got, but right? yeah, or or Chris Middleton. But I think for Bradley Beal, it's definitely worth it to get rid of one of those guys, pair him with Giannis. I think that's one of the better duos in the league. I agree. A team I was thinking actually was I know there's been a couple of reports, but my like not reports, but little couple of rumors. The Miami Heat I think would be extremely interesting. 
because, you know, they had their run last year and they just had the great chemistry built and Jimmy Butler leading that team. But so far this season, they are not looking half of what they were during the bubble. And I think they need a guy who can go out there and grab you a bucket at a moment's notice. Yeah, that, I think that moves them back up to a competitor in the era. Yeah, one of the competitors. In the well, yeah, top four seed, probably. Yeah. They probably jump in there. And obviously, they probably have to give up a guy like Duncan Robinson or probably Tyler Hero and some big pieces. But if they could keep Butler in Adebayo and then grab Bradley Beal, I think that could be a really deadly combo or trio, I'll say, in the East. So the Pelicans looking like they're kind of wanting to move J.J. Redick, um, kind of while we're talking about trades. So where where we want to see him go? You know, the Pelicans were trying to shop him to somewhere around his hometown. We saw the reports. They want to either send him to the Nets, the Sixers, or the Celtics. Now, those are three huge teams in the East with a lot of star power and a lot of pieces to go around. The only problem is J.J. Redick has a massive contract for what he does, and I don't know of those three teams who would want him because, you know, the Sixers originally had him, and... If they were willing to move on from him like that, I don't know why they would try and bring him in, especially since they have this great chemistry built and they're leading the East right now. So of those three teams in that report, I'd have to say the Celtics might be the best move for them if he's willing to come off the bench for a guy like Marcus Smart and be ready to just catch and shoot threes. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was leaning towards as well. I wouldn't mind seeing him back in Philly. Um which is where he was before. Right. New Orleans, obviously, because I think he was he made that team a lot more complete, um, especially when they had Jimmy Butler. I when Jimmy left, I actually said that uh, JJ was a bigger loss than losing Jimmy Butler to the Sixers. Um, I still kind of believe that, but I'd probably like to see him Philly or Boston. I like that take because honestly, JJ Reddick's a cool guy. I mean, I've heard what he's said in interviews and. When the press talks to him, and he's not as much of a basket case, or he's not as much of a personality, and doesn't have as much of an ego as a guy like Jimmy Butler, but he can still, you can't leave that guy open. Right. You know, he spreads the floor for so many teams that he's been a part of, and he's kind of, he's just a deadly shooter, so yeah. I, I would like to actually see him on the Sixers as well. Well, yeah, last season you saw them missing the, his three-point shooting a lot. Absolutely, because and when you have a guy like Ben Simmons on the team, you have to compliment him with not just... Like, their best shooter last year was Josh Richardson. And to have a guy like Ben Simmons who seriously cannot shoot, you need to surround him with more shooters, not yeah, get just, rid of all of just their look shooters. At what, just look at what they're doing with Seth Curry this year. Exactly. So it'd be really nice to see him pick up J.J. Redick, maybe add some more shooting to that roster. But I, I think the Sixers have a really good shot to win the East. Yeah. The way it's looking right now. And now let's jump into some college hoops here. So... A huge game tonight, a really high-ranked game tonight at 7 o'clock. We got Texas versus Baylor. Joe, what are we thinking we got in store for tonight? Um, I think Baylor stays undefeated after tonight. Um, they're taking on, obviously, they're playing at Texas, um, so that's never easy. But I just think that this is the best or second-best team in college basketball. Um, so I think they'll pull it out. I think this is the most complete team in college basketball. I believe they're top three in offensive and defensive efficiency. The only other team that's top 10 in both of those categories is Michigan. Um, so I just think that shows how complete of a team Baylor is. Um, I just don't see Texas winning this one. 
I don't either, but I do think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think as well, like just someone looking based off their records and some statistics, because Texas Texas is a pretty complete team as well. And yeah, they did have, I don't know, I don't know if you call it a bad loss, because it was only by one point, and they had two pretty good guys fall out at the end there against Oklahoma, who was the 24-ranked team when Texas was number five, but I do think... They look to rebound from that game, obviously. You know, Oklahoma's getting a lot of credit now. They're the ninth seed from the 24th. So I think Texas at home is ready to make a statement here and be like, okay, this game might have been a fluke. We shouldn't have lost to a really low seed team. Let's go out and beat Baylor. Well, so. and, and Oklahoma's not a bad loss by any means. Um, no. They, they started out kind of ranked kind of low. Now they're number nine. After beating after beating Texas, three they had three games, a three game stretch, beating number nine Kansas at the time, right? Then winning at number five Texas, and then beating Alabama, with a loss coming after that to Texas at Texas Tech by five. So you definitely can't call Oklahoma a bad loss at all for Texas. Um, still, I think still a top five team in the country. Um, I think this will be a good one tonight, but I got Baylor taking it by. Three or four. Yeah, no, I'd have to say around there. It's going to be a close one just because Texas is looking to bounce back and they're at home. So I think it'll be a really good game. But, yeah, Baylor will take them. It won't be even by more than ten. So we got a close one there. Um, so going from there, uh, let's talk a little Big Ten. Um, there's a lot of really good teams this year. This is one of the better Big Ten conferences I've seen, as we've talked about before. Um, right now, as of Monday's poll – there are six teams sitting in the top 25 from the Big Ten. We've got Purdue at number 24, Wisconsin at 19, Illinois at 12, Iowa at 8, Ohio State at 7, and Michigan at 4. So in your opinion, Benny, who is the best team in the Big Ten right now? Right now, it's got to be Michigan. Uh, Michigan, as we talked about before, they've, they had a little bit of a slow start coming into the season, but once they found their groove... They've looked pretty unstoppable. Uh, they've got really great ball movement, shooters all over the court. Guys, I really like Isaiah Liver or Isaiah Livers. Guys that can just take over games and be the. They have multiple guys that can be the focal point of that offense. I think they're a very dangerous team, and I know you like those Wolverines too, Joe. Yeah, obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Wolverines as well. Um, like I said earlier, top ten in both offense and defensive efficiency. Only two teams in the country or in the top ten of both of those categories, Michigan and Baylor, who's actually in the top three. Um, but I, I just think you can't – I just don't really see how you could say it's another team right now. Um, one, They have the lone loss on the road without Eli Brooks in the lineup to, Wisconsin, or to Minnesota, and that's their only loss. Not a good look, but they are 13-1 and one and really just kind of been running through everyone they've beaten. Um the team you need to look out for, though, is Illinois. Um, I still think right now I would say Iowa is the second-best team in the Big Ten, but I think end of the season Michigan and Illinois are going to be those teams we're talking about come who's going to win the Big Ten tournament, who's going to make it farthest in March. I think I think it's going to come down to Michigan and Illinois from the Big Ten. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think Illinois is just a really deep team. And they have some studs. They have some N real NBA talent in that starting roster or starting lineup. You know, Io DeSunmu's in there. Kobe Cockburn's really good. And I think 
if he hopefully stays another year at U of I, he'll become even more of a dominant big, you know, dunking on guys, being strong in the paint. And then they have young guys such as Carbello there. They have Adam Miller, and they can really shoot the ball. I think there's just a lot of weapons on Illinois. And the thing that discourages me about Iowa is you take the best player in the country right now, Luka Garza, out of that lineup. I don't even think they'd be ranked. In my opinion, they would either be a 24 seed max, or or they wouldn't even be ranked. So 24, 25, or below. So he makes a huge difference, but I mean... Come, let's just say they play Michigan in the Big Ten tournament and Michigan finds a way to contain Luka Garza, they're going to blow him out. And yeah. that goes for any team, actually. If you can find a way to contain Luka Garza, the Hawkeyes aren't that big of a threat. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the trick, though. You don't, you don't really contain Luka Garza. Right. Um, so kind of... First off, I want to point out, February 11th, Michigan comes back plays Illinois at home. So that's kind of, for me, that's a big matchup to watch out for in the Big Ten. Another one, February 4th, Ohio State at Iowa. What are your, what are your thoughts on the Bucky, Buckeyes, Vinny? All right. I don't think they deserve to be there. I think Iowa's in better. The, in the top ten? I don't think they deserve to be in the top ten at all. I don't, I don't think that seventh seed is right for them, especially because... I think a lot of these other teams we're seeing in the Big Ten, even the ones that aren't even ranked that were, like I'm going to bring up Minnesota, who I've talked about. I like Minnesota. They were just ranked too. So if you want to put another Big Ten team in that list, Minnesota, I think a lot of these teams that are ranked here can beat Ohio State and should be probably favored. There's a lot more talent on these teams than Ohio State's got. And I think they also have better wins. The only problem is I think teams like Iowa and U of I have some worse losses that they dropped in the beginning of the season, which is why Ohio State's where they are. Yeah, uh, sitting at 14-4, and four, uh, they stand at second in the Big Ten, and they're the second-highest-ranked Big Ten team. But I, I just can't put Ohio State over Iowa and Illinois. Um, I think Iowa's going to win this game on the 4th this Thursday. Um I think it'll be a good game. I think Ohio State's a good team. Uh, they, they can make a sweet 16 run, Elite Eight, but I, I don't see them doing what Illinois, Iowa, and Michigan are capable yeah, of. Yeah, they just don't have the star power, and when it comes time to March Madness, you got to lean on one or two or three guys, and I think U of I has those two or three guys that can really carry a team. And I think, you know, with Luka Garza and Iowa, they have some shooters around them. They'll make much bigger noise than... The Ohio State lineup, and then Michigan, obviously, as well, too, would probably run through them. Yeah. Um, so to answer the question I asked you earlier, obviously I think Michigan's the best team in the Big Ten. Um, but I think come Big Ten tournament time, I think it's going to be really interesting. There's a lot of lower, maybe unranked teams that I could see heating up. Um, we haven't talked about Purdue much. Um, obviously, they didn't look great against Michigan, but – they did just beat Ohio State, which is a nice win. Uh, that's a top 10 win, or top 15 at the time. Right. Um, beating Minnesota, and they, they kind of dominated Minnesota. They did, and I was actually kind of um, surprised about that because I, I said it. I really like Minnesota, and Minnesota yeah. was ranked at the time. I'm pretty sure they were 21, and Purdue wasn't even ranked. So for Purdue to beat them by 19, 81 to 62, that's a very impressive win for Purdue. Yeah, I, I wasn't high on Purdue to start the season, but now I'm saying they're kind of a team to look out for. 
um, not to win the straight up regular season conference title, but maybe maybe come conference tournament time they can make some noise. Right, and I think they could upset a lot of teams if you take them for granted because they have some big wins and they have some tight wins to some teams that I don't think should, and then they've had some losses to teams they should have lost to. I think they're a roller coaster of a team and they're just very up and down. And then let's transition this, Joey. We got some things to talk about here in the National Football League. The biggest buzz going around with the whole quarterback fiasco that is Matt Stafford traded to the Rams for golf and a couple of picks. Tell me your thoughts on this deal. Um, I like it for the Rams, not so much for the Lions. Uh, I just I just feel like you could have gotten more than Jared Goff and a few picks for a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. But great, great for L.A. I'm really excited to see how that's going to work out this season. Yeah, I am too. I think Matt Stafford's a really good quarterback, but I just was hoping Matt Stafford would choose a team like the Colts because I think he would have gone even farther with the Colts. And the Rams do have a really nice offense now adding Stafford. But if I'm the Rams, I feel like I would have pushed more of my chips in to go for a guy like Watson to push me over the edge against teams in the East or in the NFC like the Packers or Saints. You know what I mean? I'm just not high enough on Stafford to where I think they're ready to come playoff time or for the wild card seats. I don't know if they're gonna be good enough to beat the Packers or if the Bears get a better quarterback than Trubisky with that defense. I don't know if that pushes them over. I think I think getting Stafford um, gives them much more of a chance to. Um, I think I think this will be a good season for them. They're obviously going to improve a lot. I think I think Stafford's a really good quarterback that's just been behind a bad franchise his whole career. So I'm I'm really excited to see what he's going to do out of Detroit. Yeah, and Goff moving to the uh, to Detroit, the Lions. It just makes them look like a dumpster fire well, organization right now, in Jared, my opinion. Jared Goff is still a young quarterback. Uh, we could. We could see what happens. I mean, I think it could work out. We could be wrong, but I I think that they just let Stafford go for not enough, in my opinion. Not enough, and I'd have to agree. I'm not even sure if they got any first-round picks in that deal. I mean, Stafford was the number one pick of his draft class, and they were sending over, like, some third-round picks, and then Goff, who I we both said is not nearly as talented as Stafford. So I'd have to agree they let him go for too little. And then back to a topic we talked about last episode, Watson officially requested trade. The rumors are no more. Uh, he officially wants out of Houston. What does this mean for Houston? I think it means you obviously got to move him. Uh, quarterback like that, you have to get what you can for him. You can't just hold him and let him leave eventually. You got to you gotta get some picks. You got to get – I'd still like to see him go to the Dolphins for Tua, I think. That would be a good move, um, but they definitely got to get rid of him. Yeah, especially and, before the draft, get right, some picks. Right, and if you were seeing any of the reports, uh, it's interesting. The Texans' management and the coaches are like, "No, he's here. He, we want to keep him. We're not looking to get rid of him." Well, obviously, you're not looking to get rid of him. But the worst thing you can have for your organization is an unhappy elite quarterback, because then you know he can decide to sit out the entire season, or he can be annoying or a pain to the entire organization and force his way out of there, which would also ruin like other teams looking in on him being like, oh, 
well, he causes these kind of problems and he can do this. Why would I want to give up this much for him, right? So I think you have to sell him at his high point or get rid of him at his high point, I should say. And then another report we saw was a rumor coming shortly after Watson officially requested out of there. J.J. Watt may have played his last game in Houston as well. I don't know what's going on in Houston, but that would be nuts if J.J. Watt was on the move as well. Yeah, it's just it's really unfortunate for the organization. They, they just have a lot of decisions to make uh, with Watson and Watt, which are obviously your two franchise players. Right. Um, and so it, it'll just be really interesting in the next coming weeks and just this offseason just to see what they're going to do the direction that the Texans are going to go. And yeah, and hopefully for, hopefully for the Texans, if they do decide, which I think they will, to move Watson, and then if J.J. Watt also goes on the move, hopefully before this loaded draft they get a ton of picks and they don't have to wait too long to get some stud young talent onto that team because that's the direction it looks like they're going to start moving in, you know, after that you get rid of Watson, I don't know. What other things you could be looking at to do? You got to find your young quarterback, then you got to find your receivers to pair along with them. It's going to be a roller coaster and a journey for the Texans coming up here. Now, here here's a question that could be coming up around the Jets organization: Who who would you rather have at quarterback, Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson? I'd have to go with Watson just because he's made his mark on the league already. I mean. With any rookie quarterback, you have no idea how it's going to pan out. We've seen, you know, back in college, we all thought Tim Tebow coming into the NFL was going to take it by storm, and look where he is now. We've seen some super elite quarterbacks coming in from college into the NFL that just have not panned out. So I think you got to go with the guy who's made his mark, who you know is an elite quarterback at the highest level of football. So I would take Watson. The only problem for the Jets is... You know, they have the second pick, so Lawrence will probably go one. Right. And then you got to decide, do you want Justin Fields or the kid from BYU over Watson? And I think the Jets got to go all in for Watson. Yeah, I think I think they got to send that second pick as well. But, I mean, there's always the chance Trevor Lawrence falls to it. Well, yeah, depending on what. Up, but I think I think that Sean Watson's definitely what they need to be going for, especially considering he wants to be there. Which it's one of his two top you're choices. York, you're the New York Jets. That's not going to happen very often. Never. It'll never happen again. Exactly. I don't know so, when the one of the biggest quarterbacks at the age of 25, I mean, he's still really young, when a quarterback like this will be on the move and then willing to come to the Jets. You know, it's not like you drafted a quarterback of that caliber. You He wants to go there. So I think they need to go all in for him. Yeah, they, they definitely need to. Right. Um, obviously, Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Just what, what's your score prediction? All right, so like I said, I got the Buccaneers. I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And like I said last episode, I think this will be his best season, or at least postseason run just off the quarterbacks and the team he's beat. I got to tell you, the Bucs can put up some numbers. I see a 34-31 win. I think the Bucs got him by three. I think they're going to hold him. How about this? Just just to make things a little interesting. Let's hear it. Well, you know how I feel about Tom Brady. I, I love Tom Brady. I'm Michigan, Michigan guy. guy. I got I got to respect him. I just I just think the Chiefs are going to win this game. But I'm going to I'm going to also 
go 34-31. But I'm going to take Kansas City. I just think they're the better team. I think this is the better team. better team's going to win the Yeah, win and the I, Super Bowl. I can't argue against, I can't just downright say the Chiefs are going to lose this. I mean, you can't. Right. It's hard and to I, bet against Mahomes, Hill, exactly. and it's Kelsey. Hard to, it's hard to get bet against Tom Brady as well. But I'm excited for this matchup, honestly, because it does, in my opinion, if the Chiefs do win, this is sort of a passing of the torch from Brady to Mahomes. Yeah. But if Brady wins this. He cemented his legacy. That's it. He is the GOAT of I football. Don't, I don't think that there's much of a debate if he does. I mean, he went and proved everyone was saying, you got Belichick, Belichick right. He went, he went and took the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl, which... A team that hasn't even... What was it? The, haven't made it in, what, 13 years? Exactly. He, he went and proved, hey, I can... It's me. It's not... It's not, it's not just Belichick. Not that I'm, there's I'm any great. Yeah, like that's what he went out and proved, and I, I think this has been a really fun postseason run. I'm really excited to see this game on Sunday. Really excited. It's cool to see that nobody, I mean, nobody thought that he'd be here. No. And it, he's 43, and it, if he wins this, would, do you think he's coming back? I think he plays till he's at least 45. Yeah. And, I think uh, he's got a little in the tank, but I really want to see him retire if he wins this. I want to see him. I just want to see how long he can play at this point. I mean, what if we're looking at him playing at 50? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Probably not going to happen, but... Right. Cool. The only sad thing about that would be if he does play until he's 45 and he starts losing the arm strength and losing, you know, just his I feel fundamentals like going to start falling. I don't want to see him go out because he's forced to. I feel like Tom Brady will play as long as he can compete at the level he's competing at now. Once he kind of starts to slip off, I think that's when he can call it a career. I think that's a really good take. And... That's a good take to finish up our episode, guys. Super Bowl Sunday coming up here. A lot to look forward to. And we will be back next week. Thank you. Absolutely.